This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, life in a war zone. We talk to an Irishman in Kiev about a nation under siege and taking up arms against the Russians. We're seeing some incredible scenes of, of extraordinary bravery out of Ukraine. As long as the Ukrainian military are standing for the defense of their country, they're going to keep packing those invaders into body bags. They are fighting for their freedom and they will not stop. I order the Minister of Defense and the Chief of General Staff to put deterrent forces of the Russian army on special combat standby duty. Putin has put Russia's nuclear deterrent on high alert, blaming aggressive statements from the West. Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, is now a war zone. A column of Russian tanks is heading for the city. And in an unprecedented step, the EU has decided to fund arms supplies to Ukraine and close airspace to Russian planes. In another unprecedented step, we will ban in the European Union the Kremlin's media machine. In Russia itself, crowds have risked arrest to protest against invasion. And in a fourth day of anti-war protests, an increasingly isolated Vladimir Putin appears to be pulling Russia into a full-blown dictatorship. Just months ago, Ukraine celebrated 30 years of independence. Today, it is fighting for its very existence. Those huge displays of support for Ukraine that we've seen from around the world, good people, keep it up. Keep keep doing that, please. I'm Fionn Sheen, and today I'm joined by Dublin native Paul Nyland, who is living in Ukraine for the past 19 years. Last week, the Indo-Daily spoke to Paul before the war began, but his world then changed utterly. Paul... How are you? Uh, I, I'm <clears throat> my my moods, my emotions have changed over the last few days. And uh, when the all-out invasion of Ukraine began five days ago, I was I, I was I was upset and I was in shock um, more and more as the horrors of what Vladimir Putin is doing to my country are unfolding. My 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 feelings just turned to anger. That we we don't deserve this, but also immense pride as well in the people of this country, and the way that they're resisting. Whether it's the military resistance, and uh, many of my friends are fighting right now, whether it's the territorial defence uh, of civilians who are protecting their local environments, 
or whether it's the civil disobedience that we're seeing with with you know ordinary extraordinary men and women standing up against you know advancing tanks or armored personnel carriers or we're seeing some incredible scenes of of extraordinary bravery out of Ukraine and I'm 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 that combination of things I'm I'm angry but incredibly proud to be in this country and be alongside these people where where are you? Do you have anywhere to shelter if if uh, if if bombing come comes anywhere near you? So where am I? I'm I'm at home presently. I'm in my apartment. I have a, a an emergency shelter in my hallway, um, uh, which is a relatively uh, well protected space because there's thick concrete walls and there's no glass windows around or anything like that. There are there are bomb shelters throughout this city. Um, underground car parks are, are doubling as bomb shelters. There is one in the the residential complex where I live. I I live in an ordinary, peaceful residential neighborhood. And, you know, I I live alongside ordinary men and women. And yesterday there was news that from the territory of Belarus, um, Iskander intercontinental ballistic missiles had been fired towards us. So when the air raid siren went off yesterday, I took it very seriously and I went, I went down to the air raid shelter and there, there were three people who were closest to me. They were sitting along a bench, two ladies and a gentleman. And they all must be in their 70s or possibly their 80s. And those people do not, they, they should not be having their lives uprooted like this. They should be sitting in the comfort and warmth of their own home and not taking shelter in a car park at, at eight o'clock in the evening because. Because the, the the madman who is sitting in the in the Kremlin decided to unleash war on us. I I I I mean, if if you look at comparisons to the past, a, a a neighbor rang my doorbell the other day and she said, "Turn off your lights because you know it can attract bombing." And I and I just I did it, you know, to um, to to because the lady asked me to, and you know, but I mean, the the targeting this isn't World War Two. The targeting that, that is used nowadays is very, very sophisticated. It's very high tech. And the night before last, as I uh, went out to, to, again, go and find a bomb shelter, uh, I, I saw several places along the street where I live where um, uh, electronic devices had been planted that are used for targeting of incoming airstrikes. And, and they'd been seen and covered up with fresh concrete. I, I Took photographs of them, sent them, sent them to my, to my girlfriend, and you know it's it's insane that we here in this peaceful place should have anything like that as considerations in our daily life. But here we are. When you've been out and about, have you seen the impact of the the conflict to date? Are you uh, the, in the <clears throat> in the first day uh, of the all-out invasion? There was uh, a strike that uh, hit a few blocks away from uh, from where I am. Um, I haven't actually seen it myself. Um, I, I had no intention of, of going and looking at that, but um, I saw photographs of smoke rising um, and. Uh, uh, it, it, this, this, this is the reality that 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 we are faced with. I mean, what I see when I'm out and about on the streets, um, I, I it, we haven't been out over the weekend. We had a curfew over the weekend, so that um, the r- remaining few Russian saboteurs and mercenaries and others who are uh, around the city, um, so that they could be tracked down and uh, liquidated. 
So, so I, you know, I've, I've been out today just to do a few practical things. What we see is we see uh, the armed uh, civilian territorial defense units. Um, it's common to see weapons in the hands of, 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 of people who are simply standing their ground. The last eight years that we've had war on the territory of Ukraine, um, people have adapted their lives to the, the reality that some of our friends have gone to the front line. Some of our friends have sadly perished as a, as a result of, of Russia's ongoing aggression against Ukraine over the last years. And sadly, now the front line is, is here in, in Kiev. And um, yes, it changes, it changes what we do day to day. Um, it, it changes the decisions and the calculations that we make. We have heard about these appeals to to people to uh, play a play a part by by doing things like making Molotov cocktails, as you say that the the, the territorial army is 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 on uh, is on patrol. Uh, have you been sensing that 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 spirit of, of of solidarity that everybody wants to to participate in in the war effort? I've not only sensed it, um, the, the spirit of solidarity, I see countless, countless examples of exactly that. There was, there was uh, some information that was shared earlier on, which uh, was, was a guide to exactly where to throw a, a Molotov cocktail at an armoured person, a Russian armoured personnel carrier, um, how to you know, inflict the most damage with what you've got. There's an interesting thing with the, the, the recipe that you use for making a Molotov cocktail. This is something I learned back in the Revolution of Dignity. Um, uh, what, one of the ways in which you increase the ferocity of the blast is that you, you use expanded polystyrene balls in the mixture because they're almost pure oxygen. And so when that hits, then obviously the oxygen is ignited and, and it makes a bigger bang. What about uh, residents in 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 your building and and you yourself? Will you will you all be expected to to bear arms? I, I, as I said, I know the guys who are a part of our territorial uh, defense unit here. And yesterday evening, they asked me to join them, and uh, I will be I will be standing with them. I, I'm not being I'm not being gung ho. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not. Doing anything other than you know standing as a lookout, um, just being observant on the on on the security post at the outskirts of my building and uh, looking for unusual activity, or um, you know just being there on the spot and being ready should it come to that to, to defend these people that I live alongside. Will you will you be armed, or are you are you acting as a as a lookout scout? There, there, there are guns. There are guns on the security post. Do you have any? Have you ever had military background or, or any sort of weapons training yourself in in the past, or is this a is this a first uh, for you in that regard? I I've shot weapons on on many occasions, um, and I'm a, a, a reasonable shot as well. Um, I know how to safely handle a firearm. Um, I, I don't have military experience, but I'm. I'm I'm a, a person in pretty good health. I uh, feel like doubling up on my blood pressure medication. To be frank with you, uh, I'll I'll do what is within my power to keep my neighbours safe. 
what is your view of President Zelensky and is it having an impact on the ground or are, are, are people more individually taking, taking responsibility here? Uh, President Zelensky, has been um, incredible in many of the things that he's done in the in the last week. Um, I was was neither a, a, a fan nor a critic of his, but what Zelensky has been doing and how he has been acting has been incredibly inspirational for everybody around this country. One of the things yesterday was that he ordered a decree that um, the uh, Ukrainian military salary is to be increased. Um, and and the, the, I, I forget what the exact amount is, but I, I think it's something like three thousand two hundred dollars or something like that, which is which is a, a I mean it's a it's a very significant salary in in this part of the world or in in this country. But it's you know those, those people are not fighting for a decent salary; they're fighting for their country. But that is the recognition uh, uh, and the reward that they have fully earned and and. It, it 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 was it was a very very good uh, symbolic gesture of gratitude to the people of Ukraine's armed forces that that you know you you will you will be paid on a level commensurate with the respect that the country owes you. Your view of of Vladimir Putin um, did you did you always believe that this was the type of dictator that he was, this was the type of character that he was, or have you been taken by surprise uh, by his actions over over the last couple of weeks? No, I've, I've not been taken by surprise by his actions at all. And um, if, if you want my view of Vladimir Putin, then then uh, in the in the edit suite, then you're going to need to press the, the, the beep button. But uh, Vladimir Putin is a constant he is, he is the worst, worst deranged criminal that has ever assumed a, a position of power. I, 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 I wrote an article, I've, I've written many articles, I mean, more than, more than dozens, hundreds of articles about the situation in Ukraine. And, and there was one that I wrote uh, three years ago, and, and the title that I wrote on it is simply, Vladimir Putin is a liar. And, and the reason why I wrote it is because uh, Putin, when he does these annual uh, long question and answer sessions that, that, that he does, one of the things that he said there was that if the Russian uh, military had not helped the people of Donbass, um, then there would have been a genocide there. And on the scale of Srebrenica was what he said. And I was so enraged when I read that, that he invokes genocide that three years ago I wrote, Vladimir Putin is a liar because he has been denying all the way through the conflict in eastern Ukraine that there was uh, uh, involvement of uh, Russian forces there. That is simply untrue. And so in the final paragraphs of this article, I collected from a dozen different sources, including Russian, including from the assassinated or the, the organization led by the assassinated uh, Boris Nemtsov, I believe today in actual fact is the anniversary of his uh, assassination. It could be yesterday. But, but uh, I, I collected a dozen different sources where reports had been compiled demonstrating Russia's absolute complete responsibility for the war in the Donbass. I, 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 are you in contact with family and friends at home? What's, what's their view of your, your plight? 
I, I, well, I wouldn't use the word plight anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm simply, I'm simply here where I live, and and it was never uh, a consideration for me to to leave this country. I, I, I love this country, and and I've got important stuff to do here. I, I run now a national suicide prevention hotline. I, I was never going to leave, and my my family and friends know that about me but you know those people that have offered me uh their sofas or their spare rooms or whatever they've always put a caveat in front of it each and every one of them i know you're not going to accept this but just so you know my home is open to you should you decide to leave i know you're not going to accept this they they know i'm 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 staying here why should why should i go why should i go anywhere i am on my home territory i live here this is my city what has been heartwarming, actually, to see has been the, the the gatherings across the world in squares, in cities, outside of the Russian embassy in Dublin, where protesters saw off the ambassador um, uh, simply by their presence, and and you know that. Those signs, you know, if there's one thing that I'd like to come out of this conversation with you today on your on your podcast, those signs of international solidarity and support, they mean an immense amount to the people of Ukraine. They 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 are they are showing the people here that the world is standing with them, that they are on the right side. They they know they're on the right side anyway. But it, the, those those huge uh, uh, displays of support for Ukraine that we've seen from around the world, good people, keep it up. Keep keep doing that, please. And you you mentioned your work with the with the, the national uh, suicide prevention hotline. Is is that still operating during this period? Um, and 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 how have you how have you been responding to obviously people to to, to the anxiety that this conflict has caused? Uh, we are still operating because we need to be operating. Um, my my organization is called Lifeline Ukraine. I I am the founder of it, and uh, we are still operating twenty four hours a day and seven days a week. Uh, we had to move to operating remotely. Uh, if people want to make donations to Lifeline Ukraine, there is a donation button on our website, and the website is simply lifelineukraine.com. Finally, Pod, can I ask you, wh- wh- how do you see events p- uh, playing out uh, over over the next week? I'm I'm optimistic by nature, um, uh, but I also think that I'm a, a realist as well. And I, I will tell you this: I'm 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 as certain as I was du- during the revolution of dignity, um, which was from November the 21st of 2013 until January, February 22nd of 2014, during, during those 93 days, I became convinced on day eight that uh, this revolution was absolutely going to be successful. The only question that I could could not even guess at was how long it was going to take, but I was a hundred percent convinced that it would be successful. I am equally now one hundred percent exactly the same figure, confident that Ukraine is going to win. I don't know how long it's going to take. What I expect to see is mass protests across Russia against Vladimir Putin's senseless war against Ukraine. People are already doing that over the last few days. 6,000 people have been arrested in 51 cities across Russia. And what those people don't know yet, what they haven't learned of, is what the death toll is on the Russian side. 
And when the people, when the citizens of Russia realize this enormous death toll of, of their sons, of their husbands, of their brothers, they're going to be enraged. This, this, this crazy gamble of an all-out invasion of Ukraine is going to be the end of Vladimir Putin. And the end of Vladimir Putin is the end of this war as well. And make no mistake about this, as long as the Ukrainian military are standing for the defense of their country, they're going to keep packing those invaders into body bags because they are, they are fighting for their freedom and they will not stop. And that was Paul Nyland. Today's Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan and sound designed by John Smith. Archive flips from Euronews, ITV News, BBC, ABC News, Morning Ireland and RTE Radio 1. If you enjoyed the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.